0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Bob Stoffer joining you from Penticton, British Columbia. Did he just really say that about the grocery stores? Really? The Prime Minister? I mean, come on. I mean, if you're listening to the show Oilers Now, you're probably well aware that prices have gone up. You get it. It's not enough competition. There's three domestic giants in Canada, Loblaws Metro and Sobeys' owner Empire, along with foreign players like Walmart and Costco. Anyhow, also I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't know about you. Welcome back everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, uh, Kellen Kennedy joining you the second hour of Oilers Now. We had Ron McLean on in the first hour, a sit down one-on-one. Uh, with Ryan Nugent Hopkins of the Edmonton Oilers as well. The second hour of Oilers now is brought to you by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, World of Spas offers Stubbs Design with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas. Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. I'm with the Oilers. Rookies were in Penticton at the Young Stars Tournament, which has evolved greatly uh, since 2010. Heck, it's really evolved since our next guest, Louis DeBrusque, played in uh, the Young Stars games back in the day. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 7804960063. Get the new floors you always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. And you can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline 7804960063. The River Cree Resort Casino excitement better. We head off to the aforementioned River Cree Resort Casino hotline. Sportsnet color analyst Louis Debrus appearances are brought to you by GCL Diesel providing service genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices for over 50 years. Visit GCLDiesel.com. Hello, Louis. How you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. How you doing? Good. So let me ask you this. So my wife orders in a lot in the uh, humble Stauffer abode in the city south side. But I'm the guy who for the last 20 years goes to Safeway probably in our neck of the woods probably four to five times a week when we're in town, okay? Mm-hmm. and i mean it's per- pretty noticeable to me over the last four or five years what's happened uh at certain stores around there do you do do you guys or- get it mostly ordered in or do you, do you do do you do the shopping or do you the cindy take care of that? who who does that sort of stuff in the dubrus council
1: combination you know sometimes i go sometimes cindy goes um sometimes we both go so yeah it's uh I like to go, though. But don't ever go when you're hungry, Bob. That's the worst thing you can do is go to the grocery store when you're hungry because you just fill the cart up and get unnecessary things. That's what I really? do anyway. That's what I do anyway.
0: So I, I like Blue Jones drinks. Have you seen those drinks? No, I haven't seen them. Uh, I absolutely love them. It's a soda pop. That doesn't surprise you. <laughs> and I've, yeah. uh, I've weaned off of Sugar-Free Rockstar, but I've pivoted to Red Bull. So I've got to have okay. those every morning, right? Because I don't I'm, drink coffee unless there's something spiked in it. It's so like that's a part mag- of the reason why would I, I make my way down to, to the Safeway for the Red Bull on a daily basis. So there you have the can, it.
1: The candy and chip aisles are like magnets for me. I can't. They, I have to either avoid them completely or else I'm going to do some damage in there.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the garbage
1: bear comes out in me
0: yeah you know louis i'm sitting here pounding back jubes during the commercial breaks
1: (laughs) there you go you
0: You know what i'm saying yeah man all right let's take a trip like so this tournament is i mean it's 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 really a, a funky sort of cool little event that's held in penticton there's one in traverse city um and this is the ninth time in the last 13 years. Of course, we had a pandemic for a couple of years, and then they moved away from the tournament in Penticton and then came back to it. But it's, it's the first opportunity for rookies to shine to people in the organization. It was a slightly different world back when you played. Did you guys just have the Rangers, sort of Islanders, Devils, rookie games? Yep. Is that kind of what you had when you came up after being drafted by the New York Rangers?
1: yeah we didn't have a rookie camp so to speak or a rookie tournament but there was exhibition games and typically they'd be before the nhl game so if uh, the rangers and the islanders were playing in the evening there'd be a rookie game in the afternoon and we would play at madison square garden and then we would sit around and watch the ranger game afterwards and obviously the um, the idea was to the motivation was to try and get into that nhl game and play the exhibition game at night. And you know, so we would go down early and jump on the bus together, play the game, and then uh, and sit and watch what was happening in the evening. But... It was a different game back then. There was a lot of fights. It was, uh, you know, usually get those out of the way in the first period and then start to play hockey. And it typically was the Islanders and the, and the Jersey Devils that we would play in the in the rookie games, um, so to speak, through a training camp. But training camp was a lot longer too. So it wasn't like you'd go into camp and have two or three days of skating and then jump into an exhibition game. It was very typical for us to skate for a couple of weeks before we played an exhibition game. So by that time, you were pretty ready to get after it and get into a game because you were sick of getting if it wasn't two a days there were long skates there was workouts and it was let's get going and play some games
0: yeah uh you told uh you told the story what better opportunity than to to revisit uh was it in 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 these sort of early exhibition games where you had the memorable uh battle with ken bobgartner then bernie nichols had some fun with you
1: yeah, that was now that was a that was a real exhibition game. It was one of my first ones, though. To be honest, it might have been my first, or it was actually my second one because I still remember what had happened in the fight. Is there was a scrum in front of Mike Richter, and everybody kind of converged around the net, and then Kenny Baumgartner came down from the blue line and grabbed Richter's water bottle off the net and just started drinking it. So I took that as my invitation to go over there and let him know that I didn't think that was very good, and we ended up fighting. <clears throat> And uh, when he grabbed me, though, I had fought Dean Chanel with the night before at Madison Square Garden. And I had thrown lefts against Dean because he was a lefty. So he, Baumgartner was a guy that would talk to you when he was fighting you. So he grabbed me and he said to me, he goes, Oh, yeah, you're a lefty, I remember. So he started throwing lefts. Again, he would tie, tied up my left and started throwing lefts. So it went on for a while that i ate a few punches dodged a few and then finally i came off with a right and it was more like a hail mary to kind of slow him down and i caught him with it and uh all it did was enrage him a little bit more i was i was shocked that his eyes just got bigger and he got uh more mad at me than he was already and uh i came home i was staying with burry nichols at that time uh he had brought me over to stay with him as I was one of the last cuts in camp. And he just didn't want me staying in the hotel. So the next morning he got up, it was an off day for us. So we had back-to-back games. It was an off day. And he said, listen, I'm going golfing, but a buddy's coming over to pick up some furniture in the garage. Can you help him lift it into his truck when he gets here? And an hour <laughs> later, an hour later, <laughs> the doorbell rings. And when I opened up the door, it was Kenny Baumgartner, he had a black guy. And I thought, holy geez, he found me again. We're going to go again. But, uh, it was kind of funny. We always kind of had a, a good laugh at that afterwards. Every time we play each other, we chat on the ice. And I never did fight him again, believe it or not. All, all my career, I never fought Kenny Baumgunder again. There was always other guys to fight on each respective team. But um, I still consider him one of the tougher guys that ever played. He was, uh, he was a dangerous fighter. 85 Memorial
0: Cup, he fought Bob Probert in the penalty box. Yeah, he got. I saw that. He ended up, and Proby got him in a prone position, and Bomber was trying to, it was a bit like how uh Jim Kite was trying to punch Dave Brown when Dave started a lawnmower on him back in the 91 playoffs. Well, Louis DeBras for GCL Diesel. So you contrast that. How closely did you follow, I remember being here in Penticton the first year, one of the first years of the rookie draft, uh, would have been like the year Keegan Lowe was drafted. So I think Keegan was drafted in 2011, and we were at the Barking how's that for a name for a bar uh, in the uh, hotel bar and they they got the NHL network on for us because you can still get the NHL network back and Carolina was playing and Kevin Lowe was watching his kid play in the afternoon because they were they had like four games a day at this tournament down in the states and our games were at night because there was actually fans at all the games here in Penticton as you can well imagine Louis so yeah uh, but how closely did uh, you and Cindy follow Jake? Oh yeah. Once he, you know, I, in, in I guess that would have been what the, the, the fifteen and sixteen rookie,
1: uh, rookie camps or seven. He probably went a couple times, didn't he? I think he went three different times, and it was there was a tournament in Buffalo, and they would put it together there. So it was great. It was all under one roof, and uh, yeah, we followed it very closely. Uh, he played in a lot of the games, and you know, I've always said it was that opportunity to play in those games for the young players, similar to us back, even though it was a little bit different. You're showcasing yourself. You're showcasing yourself saying that I'm ready for an NHL camp. Um, if you do well in that camp, you're gonna you're gonna head into the big camp, and you're gonna potentially even get exhibition games if you play well enough. So, it was a stepping ground. I always feel kind of gives the young guys a little bit of a head start on the on the veteran players. Um, you typically see when you go to training camp, those players that have gone through that process, that have played some meaningful games, in the sense that everybody's energetic, everybody's ready to go, trying to make an impression. You come into the main camp, and you've got a little bit of a leg up and a jump early on on the veteran players before they. Kind kind of dig in later in the exhibition. Um, Let's face it, the veteran players, they know how to, and I don't want to say pace themselves, but they kind of do. They kind of go into an exhibition series and they get better every game. They work on things they need to work on. Um, And then by the time that puck drops, October 11th, they're ready to go for the opener. But for the young guys, they don't have that luxury. And it's pretty impressive to see how some of these young kids come in now in shape and ready to go. And I'm sure it'll be no different throughout this tournament.
0: Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBruce brought to you by GCL Diesel, providing service, genuine diesel parts, and turbocharges uh, great prices for over 50 years. Visit GCLDiesel.com. Uh, so, Louis, the oil situation here is completely evolved. Like they yeah. were in a rebuild in 2010 when the tournament started. We had a Hall here and Jordan Everley and PRV. In 2015, McDavid Dry and Nurse. Even last year, four number ones, just the way it worked out, but four number ones, Broberg and Holloway, who I think we both expect to make an impact with the audience yep. I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. And then uh, Schaefer and Borgo. Now we're down to one number one pick, Xavier Borgo. There is a chance that not one player that's played, in the, and I don't mean to disrespect any of the players yeah, no. here, But not one guy may end up playing an NHL game this season for the Oilers off the group that's here. That's how deep the Oilers are at the NHL level. And, you know, they're in in a win-now mode. They're using uh, picks as draft capital to get better
1: players. It is a a, a very different scenario, isn't it, than in past Mm -hmm. years? That's what happens when you get good is that your team becomes that much harder to make and that's a good thing and so somebody if one of these young guys was to step into this training camp and play so well that they deserve to be on that opening night roster I can tell you they've had an amazing camp like unbelievable and even then they may not be able to squeeze them in Um, they might have to wait a little bit but if somebody does play themselves onto this roster say there's an injury knock on wood here or there um, you've done something really well simple as that but when you're a good team like the Oilers are now and they're a team that's in the playoffs every year, they they are now looking at something different. And on the other side, too, I talked about the young guys having an advantage on the older guys. That won't be the case this year because they've been here for two weeks skating. So they've had their captain skates going on, and you watch the video and the footage of that, it's its amazing how, how good they look already early. I said it looks like they've been skating for a month together. But when you have a tight team like that and you played together, you come in, you just pick up where you left off, and there just seems to be a little extra determination, a little extra focus early on by this Edmonton group. So it'll be an even tougher lineup to crack come training camp with them already having skated for a couple weeks together.
0: Louie, Ron McLean was on in the previous hour, talked a bit about Connor Brown. And he's obviously coming off a torn ACL, but he led the OHL in scoring in 13-14 in with 128 points that year. He's had a couple 20-goal seasons in the NHL. What are your expectations for him?
1: kind of what he's been as a player. I think, you know, we we do talk a lot about injuries with good reason, but I think, you know, medical advancements and rehab advancements and the way the players... Um, dedicate themselves to being ready to go. I mean, he looks great out there from what I've seen, and he's talking about the fact that he feels really good. So I don't expect anything different from Connor Brown. I don't think there's going to be a tentativeness there. I think there'll be a nervousness, but I think that comes with every player. Every player going into camp, even Connor McDavid's probably a little bit nervous going into his first couple of skates and into his first medical and into his first exhibition game. It doesn't matter who you are. You're getting geared up to go out there and go to battle. So there are going to be some nerves, and nerves are a good thing. I think he's going to be fine. I'm excited to see what he can do. The one thing that I do notice, and I notice regularly when new players come to this organization... They're really, really excited to play with the great players that are already on this team, and there's a ton of them here. So I think anybody that steps on board understands the opportunity that's going to be given to them to play with very, very good players, and I think if you ask any player in the league, they would get excited about that, and I don't think Connor Brown's going to be any different. I think he's coming in here looking at this as a great opportunity to kickstart his career back after a real tough injury and a tough surgery, and I think he's excited about it, and I, I don't expect him, To really play any different than he has throughout his career, which is going to help the Oilers win hockey games. Simple as that. All right, Louis. So last.
0: Two playoffs we've seen Ryan McLeod and Evan Bouchard, two 2018 picks. Uh, Bouch, of course, 10th overall. McLeod, 40th. They've impacted the team the last couple years in the playoffs. There's an opportunity for both Dylan Holloway and Philip Robert to carve a niche out for themselves. Who, in your opinion, has a better chance to to uh, to get into the mix here right away, right from the get go with the Oilers?
1: I'd probably think Holloway only reason I say that is he, he, you know, he was up a lot last year, um, had an injury down. The Miners also would have saw more time in the NHL late in the season. And I've seen him all summer long. He's been working out, oh, he looks great. I, I think that he's just another year mature. He's a big, strong kid that can skate. There's speed, there's a physicality to his game. And I think he's ready for it. I think that every single year that you play and are around the National Hockey League, it just makes you that much more ready the next year. So, And I do think that the the forward group might be an easier position to jump into for a guy like Dylan Holloway who's already kind of jumped in there and had some success there. He had some difficulties too, but I think that evens itself out in a young player's career when they go in and out of hockey games. For Philip Broberg, he's had an opportunity there. I do certainly think he needs to grab the reins. Um, and I wish him nothing but the best. He's a great kid. I know that he's a, a guy that has a lot of pride in his game. I'd like to see a little more assertive game from Boroburg and a, a confident game from him. I think that it's time for that to come out. And if it does, and he's got a chance too, I really believe that. There should be some battles for positions, which is exactly what you want in your organization. You want that internal competition to make yourself better.
0: All right. I'm going to put you on the spot, but it's not a question about Jake, but it's about the Bruins overall. They had an unbelievable year last year, but they just lost their top two centers. For me, Bergeron, lifeblood of the team. So tell me this, you know, what, what are your thoughts on Boston's uh, ability to replace those, those two centers? And I mean, is this still an elite NHL team we're talking about?
1: Well, I think it's still a team that, and I've been asked this question a lot for good reason. You, you have a historic year like they did last year. You lose the likes of a Patrice Bergeron, a five-time Selkie winner, David Krejci, one of the most offensive players in the history of the Bruins, and a great playoff performer. Both centermen. That's the key. So your two most offensive centermen um, aren't on your team anymore, which is a big hit. But I, what I will say is I look at the series against Florida, and they got up to a 3-1 lead primarily without on or creating the lineup so they came into game five after they kind of clawed to a 3-1 lead on the panthers they can buckle down and still play stingy defensive grinding hockey with the best of them and that's the way they're going to have to play this year they're going to have to be a team-oriented team which they are and so that's what i think i think they're going to come in and they'll probably surprise some surprise some people because they're a very comfortable team in the pressure of a hockey game whether it's a one goal lead or a one goal deficit they don't really change and they can grind you into a pulp which is how they're going to probably try and play this game and that's the way they've always played anyway even with the skill they had they still played that kind of a game and why they were successful and I think they're going to have to really rely on that a little bit more this year without the likes of Bergeron Crecci Hall and Tyler Bertuzzi who uh, you know signed with Toronto instead of signing back with Boston so yeah, they're, they're certainly depleted offensively and some guys that really can put up a lot of points and obviously uh, a great two-way centerman in Bergeron. But the guys like Charlie Coyle, um, Pavel Z- Zaka is going is to be a guy that I think they're going to rely on a lot this year as well. And uh, guys have to step up. Louie, uh, I just got
0: crossfaded in a text that you received. Apparently you're supposed to head off and go get some groceries. Thanks for joining us here on Orders <laughs> now.
1: I'll go load up. Thanks for your time, Louie. All right, take care, bud.
0: For DCL Diesel from NHL Hockey and Rogers, uh, the Oilers Regional Broadcast, of course, he does national games as well. That's Louis DeBrusque. It's 624 in Edmonton. Bob Stopper, Brendan Escott, Kellen Kennedy joining you. And This is Oilers Now. Bob Stockman joining you from Penticton Young Stars rookie tournament gets started tomorrow the Oilers rookies and the Jets rookies some guests and Oilers now receive gift cards to Japanese Village Edmonton's favorite Teppanyaki Steak Restaurant. Book your celebration for the census at jvedmonton.ca Don and his staff will take care of you. And cars cost less than Metasco and Brentridge Ford and Metasco and well known for their top shelf service department. They don't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle. Call Uncle Milt, Rich Johnny and let the team at Brentridge Ford make you a repeat customer. Seven eight zero three five two sixty forty eight. Print Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wood when As we go into the orders now, Audio Vault for Direct Workwear. Proud to announce uh, the women's only workwear store now open, located four doors north of Direct Workwear location on Gateway Boulevard. Find out more at women'sworkwear.ca. Yesterday, uh, Brendan Escott had Elliot Friedman on for Abe's Door Service, and he had this to say: It was an interesting comment on Leon Drysaddle's desire to resign in. Edmonton.
2: You know, one of the things I just said was, you know, have you thought about your future? And uh, he laughed and said, uh, uh, I knew you were going to ask me about that. And the one thing he just said was, you know, everybody in the organization talks about winning. Like, it's an organization where it's not just the players that talk about it, but everybody in the organization talks about winning. And, look, they know they can they, – Edmonton could win the Cup. I really do believe they're one of the teams – like, everybody says they can win the Stanley Cup, but not everybody can. I think Edmonton can. Um, and, uh, you know, he just said, look, like, I want to be in an organization where everybody thinks they can win the Stanley Cup, and we do. So, I, I think – like, I really believe that about him is that – You know, if he thinks he can win, it's going to be, I just don't know how he would leave. So um, he didn't give any guarantees, but he did talk about being in an organization where everything is about winning right now, and that's what he wants. All right, that is our
0: orders now. Audio vault. Uh, Brendan Escott in conversation with Elliot Friedman on yesterday's edition of Orders Now about Leon discern, uh desire to resign in Edmonton. Six twenty nine in Edmonton. will head off to Global News weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. And when we come back, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Kurt Hill, along with Brendan Escott and Reed Wilkins. This is Orders Now live from Penticton, BC.